This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hey folks, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshni Kanesan flying solo in the studio this afternoon. It's Friday, July 14th, and it's an amazing day because tomorrow is Saturday. And I'm not making that emphasis because it's a weekend, on because not only is it a weekend, but it's also World Youth Skills Day. And in conjunction with that, today on Enterprise Biz Bites, we're going to be exploring a demo day that happened last week for Year 12 students and the things that came up during that. Last week, Help International School organized a demo day where Year 12 students were given the opportunity to present innovative ideas to real-world problems. This was carried out in partnership with Leap Ventures, an accelerator program that has invested in over 50 startups across diverse areas, spanning big data, fintech, and social enterprises. Now, this demo day was the final act of Project Purpose, a project a program spanning a couple of months. Now, the reason this caught my attention was because Elite Ventures said they would invest 50,000 ringgit in one of the student groups to pursue their project as an actual business. This team presented their idea of creating a Braille dictionary translating from English to Malay, which is only part of their larger effort of creating a platform to connect youths to NGOs and social enterprises to participate in their volunteer works. All this at 18 years old, I'm not sure what you were doing at 18, but I certainly wasn't trying to change the world at that age. Uh, so on that note, joining us today on the show are two students from the eight-person team that received the investment from Lead Ventures, Chong Mei Jen and Katrina Ong Kai Ching from Help International School, representing their group Bridge. Also here is the founder of Lead Ventures, Bikish Lakmichan, who served as a mentor and coach throughout Help's project purpose. If you'd like to get in touch with us, give us a shout over WhatsApp on our U mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. To the three of you uh, who are joining me on the line today, can you hear me loud and clear? Yes. All right. Brilliant. All of your audios are coming in very nicely. Um, uh, Katrina, Mejian, I'll get to you guys in just a second. But first, Bikesh, um, tell us a little bit about the experience of being there at Demo Day, seeing these young people sharing their ideas and uh, mentoring them and helping them with their pitch training. Yeah, so we've been doing this quite a lot in the recent months, uh, not just with help, but a few universities and schools and colleges too. In fact, I'm just doing USM right after this specific call too. Uh, so, of course, we always observe there is this natural spectrum of comfort levels with this specific process. Some students just gravitate like a natural person to the art of pitching, and some would definitely struggle uh, that, that's for sure. But the key we kept reminding them is it's not about how you say it, but what you say first. I think that's first and foremost when you get into a competition like this, uh, the judges are trying to uh, suss out what makes sense. So we are listening to the facts. The delivery is great, of course. It could be better, but we want to know what you're saying rather than how you say it. And the how you say it part takes practice and I think the kids had uh, ample time to basically do that uh, so this particular team really stood out when they did their pitch. Um, from an idea perspective just watching them all particular present uh, it's it's fascinating to discover how um, you know prevalent issues or maybe trends are not always aligned to where the students focus which is not a good thing so not everyone was trying to throw metaverse or AI <laughs> or into every single solution so I think that was a breath of fresh air to see what their take on building something with a sense of purpose was. Yeah, so it's. I think it's easy to always get caught up in the hot thing, but this is a very, I mean, it's, I'm surprised that we haven't come up with something yet to solve this problem, the Braille Dictionary from English to Malay. So it's really interesting to see that these kids were like, hey, this is a problem we need to solve, let's go and do it. Um, now, 
an idea is one thing, Bikesh, but you've also taken out your checkbook here and you've given this team or you will be investing $50,000 ringgit in this team to continue uh, building this out, to basically form a company and take this forward. What was it about this idea that, you know, helped you get go into your pocket and take out the checkbook? Yeah, so it was a few things, right? So, of course, the, the whole Braille project was one of the projects that came off this platform. And it was in conjunction with... Uh, the Blind Association and also UKM. So they were helping trying to facilitate the creation of this with the recruitment of volunteers. So what we, when we had our weekly calls with them, I think that's something we kept stressing on asking them a question. Like they were, I, I, I didn't kind of do it with them like they were 17-year-olds, uh, year 12, form 6. Today, like I would do every call with every startup, right? Find out the sense of purpose, really make sure that this is what they wanted to do. And I kind of push them each time to do above and beyond and not just get a passing grade because uh, it's just a project, an assignment for school. And what really got to me was like, whoa, these people had the tenacity and the business acumen to pull it off, right? It's not just get on stage and show some mock-ups and, and, and pitch, but they really went through in terms of what we always do with startups. Prove to me that this problem is real. Create a survey. Let's put it out to the NGO chat groups that we are in. Get feedback from people and show they truly want it. And then go build a website. So they actually built the website on their own. I, I think that shows how resilient they were to figure out the resources to build without spending a single dime. So all this in basically a couple of months really proved to us like, whoa, this is like how we engage with typical startups out there. And why not see if, I mean, one of them was 18, so they could legally form a company. So we could basically <laughs> make this happen. So let's do it. Um, and I, I liked what you said earlier, that you didn't treat them as kids. You didn't treat them as students. You treated them like any other founder out there. So no kid gloves. You know, you got you to gotta give them some kind of ownership, some kind of like, I'm not giving you special treatment because you're younger. This is how I would talk to anyone else. Um, so yeah. that's really refreshing to hear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we always see students, they always say, but I'm just a student. I'm just a student. I'm like, what does that even mean? Mark Zuckerberg was just a student. And <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> but the key thing was they, they understood their audience, right? Which was youth. So if we tried to build something like that, maybe we wouldn't really understand what's going on in the minds of youth. So they knew the target audience itself. And I think that was impressive. All right. Uh, so, uh, Katrina, Mayjan, let's let's talk a little bit about you guys now. Um, give me a sense of the overall experience uh, of being part of this last few months of this project purpose and being part of Demo Day. Um, both of you give me a bit of a sense. Uh, let's start with uh, Mayjan first. Uh, what was the experience like overall? Uh, so we had a team of eight members and each of us like played an important role and overall the experience was really successful and like really fun. And there were some members who helped man the booth and then interested parents, visitors, strangers, they would come over and learn about our initiative, project, mission. Yeah. And uh, Majin, what what are you studying? Are you science field? Are you arts field? What are you, what are you studying? I'm studying... Um, Mine's like half. <laughs> I'm taking math, bio, and psychology. Yeah. All right. Uh, and in, in, in part of this eight-man team, what would you say was your role in that team? I'm the HR manager. So because we are going to, moving forward, we're going to give this to our juniors to take over and maybe we'll be like the guidance. So um, I'm kind of in charge of hiring them, <laughs> in a sense, and like training them. Yeah. All right, uh, Katrina, 
Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience, how you found it. And uh, the same questions I asked me, Jen, right? Like, what, what are you studying and uh, what is your role in this team? Actually, on pitch day, I was actually the one giving the presentation and the speech. And it was incredibly nerve-wracking <laughs> because I'm someone who actually hates public speaking. It's like not my strength, I would say. But at the same time, looking back, it was really just a tremendous opportunity that not everyone could have. And it's something I'm grateful to be have given to be able to share kind of our ideas and mission in front of my own peers, my juniors, potential investors and experienced judges who gave us advice that is kind of truly priceless. Um, this experience really, I guess, forced me or in a way kind of trained me to be confident as, as well as kind of when you do public speaking, what you have to consider, like what tone do you have to use, what presentation style really suit the audience. And this is something that I feel like these skills can only truly hone through practice, which I was grateful to be able to have give, be given. Yeah, Very cool. Um, and what are you studying uh, right now? Um, I'm a, I guess I'm a STEM student, so I'm studying chemistry, biology and math. Right. And um, your role in the team? So... Um, I was originally the partnerships manager. So what that mean was I was the one communicating with the NGOs and social enterprises. So I was the one reaching out, was the one emailing, was the one setting up the meetings, as well as communicating with our volunteers. So I was kind of like in charge of communication in that sense. But uh, moving forward, I've um, taken the role of the CEO. So I'll be, ma I guess, managing from a more... Um, leadership position, I guess. I am trying to think of what I was doing at 18 years old, Bikish, and it was definitely not any of this. Um, <laughs> thank you for bringing this to my attention and making me feel bad about my 18-year-old self. <laughs> um, uh, folks, we got to go into a few messages, but when we come back, we got more questions to get into, like what inspired this project and what you know inspired the particular Braille Dictionary, all of that and more in a few minutes. Two weeks ago, a group of eight year 12 students from Help International School were awarded an investment of about 50,000 ringgit from Leap Ventures for after presenting their idea of creating a Braille dictionary as part of their larger effort of developing a platform to connect youths with NGOs and social enterprises. And this was all culminated in a demo day event. Um, we're talking about this uh, in the lead up to World Youth Skills Day, which is happening tomorrow. We've got more happening in a few minutes. We've been speaking with Mei Jen and Katrina, the two students representing their group of eight, as well as Bikish Lakmichan, the founder of Leap Ventures. I'm Roshan Kainasan. This has been Enterprise BizBytes. We'll be back in just a bit. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and this morning, in the lead up to World Youth Skills Day, which is happening tomorrow, today on Biz Bites, we're speaking with May Jan and Katrina, two year 12 students representing their group of eight from Help International School, who were part of a demo day of, uh, two weeks ago, as well as Bikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures. The interesting part here is that Lead Ventures has given uh, these kids a 50,000 ringgit check uh, to pursue their idea of creating a Braille dictionary as a business. This felt like a great story story to highlight in the lead up to tomorrow's uh, World Youth Skills Day and kind of get into the inspiration behind all this. Uh, Major and Katrina, uh, as we were talking about earlier, I asked you a little bit about your experience of being part of that demo day, your roles and um, your specialties, right? What were you, what are you studying? What are you doing? Um, now I'd, I'd like to talk about what inspired the dictionary? Um, what was it that uh, was? What was it in particular that inspired you to focus on the Braille dictionary uh, at first? Um, who would like to take this one first? Um, I guess I'll take it. So this actually was an idea pitched by Yayasan Orang Buta Malaysia, which is 
the foundation for the blind in our country. And this project is in partnership with the University of Kabangsan, Malaysia, like Mr. Bikesh mentioned before. Um, Yayasan Orang Buta Malaysia was actually one of the only NGOs that responded to our emails in the beginning. <laughs> and we were able to meet with them. <laughs> and through them, we were able to learn that within the country and even the region, actually, there isn't an English-Malay Braille dictionary that exists. And it's something that my members and I found to be just unbelievable. Um, some might be wondering, like, what's the point of having a Braille dictionary or if there's so many digital resources out there for the people who are blind? But I think it's more about increasing access and fair treatment. Like, they should also be given the choice to use dictionaries, which is a choice that we don't even think about because it's always been there for us. I find that quite amazing. But basically what you did was market research. You went out to different stakeholders in the uh, NGO, social enterprises, and you found a market need and you've built a product to or you're building a product to fulfill that. Uh, talk to us about, you know, how this was started. Like, how did you, um, you talk, obviously you spoke to the association, but after that, talk, talk to us about the next steps. Oh, so basically our student-led organization is called Bridge. And because like a bridge, you want to connect two things, <laughs> which is from one helping hand to another, uh, the helping hand being from volunteers to um, organizations. And it all started due to our project purpose subject, which is a part of our Engage Stream A-level program at our school, Help International School. So basically, students who took three subjects uh, have to take this subject as well. And this gives us the opportunity to develop important soft skills and to explore deeper into subject areas which we are very interested in, as well as building work readiness through apprenticeship. It's also how we got um, connected to Mr. Bikish himself. And what is the state of the dictionary today? Is it is it a developed product yet or is it just an idea that needs to be executed upon? So right now, our volunteers, that means the uh, student volunteers who are recruited and joined us, are doing the data entry stage. So they're kind of compiling the words into a document and so. We'll then pass it on to University of Kabangsan, Malaysia, who do the translation into the Braille Dictionary itself. We're hoping to have it done by the end of this year in December um, for uh, there's a day dedicated to those who are disabled and we want to kind of have it published by that day. That's very cool. Um, Bikesh, um, I can't help but feel again, you know, going back to uh, uh, that having these kind of projects, having these kind of demo days are really important for students to learn application, right? Because I was a student, I was a university, I just learned the theory to pass the exams and, you know, get through. Um, didn't really think about how it could be applied into the real world. Now, 10 years or 5, 10 years later in the working world, I'm like, oh, you know what? That thing I learned then, it applies here or it applies there. So having them actively engage, basically research to build a product that has a market fit is really interesting to see um, the kind of impact it has. How important do you think it is for demo days and projects like these to be happening in schools, not just universities, but schools? Yeah, I think it's really important, right? It's not just for the whole context of fostering the entrepreneurial spirit, but from a broader educational standpoint, this is what personal development is all about, where the kids are learning the whole process of practical learning, uh, trying to be as real world as possible and not just typically, you know, selling watermelons in a cafeteria is <laughs> what we see some places do, where they actually went out to figure out what's the problem at hand and who is the customer, what do they truly need, connect the dots. So they have to have the whole creativity process. 
some form of innovation process in there, learn the art of presentation skills. And not just that, because on the weekly calls, you know, we give them feedback saying maybe this won't work, maybe that won't work, prove it to us. So how they took feedback and, and improved it. And the final day kind of culminated to the demo day where not just the parents, I mean, the parents were quite influential people there too, right? Investors, first time they're hearing someone like me come and saying, yes, I will invest 50,000 in you. I don't even think they... They processed and they understood what I was saying and they just kind of brushed it off at first. I'm like, wait, I just offered them cash and they just like smile and like, yeah, okay. Uh, not knowing what it basically meant. So that whole networking and the confidence building, right? I mean, the two of them on radio right now speaking so fluently, right? So I think these things are really important for personal development of a student. So because you know, given the fact that tomorrow is World Youth Skills Day, um, you know, there's a lot of concern over jobs in the future. I'm speaking to students myself who are like, hey, what should I be doing? What should I be studying? Uh, a lot of times I feel, though, it's more important to focus on the skills that, you know, that might be not monetizable, but could be valuable later on. Um, what do you think are skills that young people should be focusing on or at least how they should be thinking about all this? Yeah, I mean, if they listen to BFM and they hear people like Richard and Matt go on and on about you know, <laughs> the future, you go like, oh my God, what a crazy, complex and dynamic world that's going to be in and they're going to survive in that. So th there are some fundamental basics everyone should have, right? And that comes with just trying to start a startup. So things like problem solving, critical thinking. I think digital literacy was key. So when they actually tried to make some money doing some, you know, side little gigs in part of this activity, and they wanted to go hire an external person to build a website. So, of course, we said, no, why would you spend money on that? With the kind of key uh, access to tools today and some form of basic digital literacy, you could build your own website. So I just pointed them to a website, and they figure out how to build it on hmm. their own. Right? So I think that digital literacy is also key uh, for skills everyone should have. It's not just for developers. Uh, and of course, communication, uh, EQ, as everyone would say, how do you empathize the NGOs, empathize the students and, and build something that connects them both. And the whole adaptability and flexibility, right, where, you know, going through that drawing board a couple of times if things don't work out, the iterative process. So I, I think the students maybe have never collaborated among each other. Assignments always individually. I mean, who does a big scale group project back in school to that extent, right? And, and this is still considered Form 6. So th those were key things that they definitely learned that was going to help them in real life. I think the really important part here is that is you they had industry engagement, right? They spoke to you, they spoke to other people who had real world experience. I remember doing very theoretical projects in university, not even school, in university about, okay, market study, case study, that sort of thing. Then you do a presentation. It's all fun, but there are no, um, you know, the, the feedback was only from the teachers, again, within their scope of the theory that we were learning. But to learn from industry people, I think that's a really fascinating thing to experience at the age of 18, at the age of 17. I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a kind of more engaging play on career day, if you think about it. Uh, it's career day meets science fair sort of situation. So that's pretty cool. Um, on a related note, one of the key skills I think that's really important for everyone to learn is the art or the, the practice of revenue generation, right? Finding a way to derive income from skills that you have, not necessarily only focusing on employment and the salaries that you get there. Um, what do you think about how young people should learn about entrepreneurship and whether it's for them or for or not for them? Yeah, so I think uh, um, a program like this that helped uh, international school there is 
very timely and important, right? They get to try before they buy. <laughs> be put on that driver's seat to figure out, is this something that I want to do? And that's why, you know, with an eight-person team, the different roles we basically would kind of fit into to feel like, do I have a knack to be HR or marketing or partnerships or want to be helping the CEO? I, I think that was really cool. Uh, same thing goes with internships, right? So my advice is, of course, for every student to try, no matter how young they are, try and get internships within a startup, a smaller company. And that's when you really know whether, you know, this is something you want to do or not. You see the firefighting, you see how real one person's pretty much doing multiple roles. Not everyone has the luxury to start a business with eight people. It's always going to be two or three. And that's when they know whether, do I have the passion and grit to see this through? At the end of the day, the ideas that they basically work on has to be something they're really close to and they're passionate about. Because if you're not passionate or close to that idea, you know, your, your passion, I mean, your grit can only take you so far, right? So the passion, that purpose keeps you longer trying to see the end and basically making that a reality. So uh, students basically need to experience that firsthand to know whether this is something I have. But of course, not everyone's going to be a business owner. We need people to work for these business owners too. But it doesn't mean that you don't take the skill sets because we rather hire someone that has that entrepreneurial spirit, that know-how to do everything they did. You hit it marketing, you hit it partnerships, you hit it HR like a business owner. And that's a skill set that I think people want to see within employees today. Yeah, because, you know, the founder may be uh, the soul of that business, but he or she is going to need people around them to help build it out. You need operators, you need manage, uh, marketing people, you're going to need other managers there. Um, I, I think there was a, I can't remember where I heard this, but, you know, the top, the first 20 uh, employees at Facebook are all billionaires today, right? Because they all took part of exactly. that story, um, but they all play a role in building. It's not all about Mark Zuckerberg and a lot of businesses are like that. Um, so so it's not about just employee number one. Sometimes even employee number five and number seven are vital mm -hmm. towards the success of a startup. Um, so, Majen, Katrina, uh, what's next for you guys? You know, um, you've, you've had a bit of taste uh, for building something or at least conceptualizing something. Up next is the opportunity to build it, maybe take it further. So what's next for you? Uh, Majen, let's start with you. Currently, we are like wrapping up the dictionary project. As volunteers, they only need to do the data entry. So the whole dictionary hopes to finish by the end of the year. And right now, we also started a social media marketing campaign for Science Wellness Organization, which is another project that we're starting on. Yeah, and this actually leads into our decision to now specifically focus on digital volunteering and social media marketing to help NGOs and social enterprises build a social media presence, which we think is so important in this day and age, um, to spread awareness to both the youth and many more. Um, and who else knows more about social media than the young people of today, right? Um, and it's also something we've decided to do because we realized managing physical volunteering opportunities is not something our small team of eight can truly manage well. And we also just realized how digital volunteering is just so much more appealing to students and peers our age. So as you have heard from Mr. Bikish, our mentor and investor, we plan to use the investment to develop our website further and hopefully you can hear from us soon. Uh, if you want to get updates from us, do follow our Instagram at bridge underscore KL. Brilliant. Uh, who knows? Maybe in, once you have your website up in six months' time, uh, you might make an appearance and open for business. Let's see how that plays out. Um, but also, thank you for making me feel really old today. <laughs> um, but... 
Thank you uh, so much for joining me today, Katrina, Mejen. I really appreciate uh, you sharing your insights. I think it was really nice to hear from you guys. Uh, Bikesh, thank you so much for helping arrange this and bringing this to my attention. I think it was really nice, especially in light with uh, the fact that tomorrow is World Youth Skills Day. Folks, we were speaking with Chong Mejen and Katrina Ong Kai Ching uh, from Health International School who are representing their group Bridge, who were part of a demo day of, uh, two weeks ago, as well as Bikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures. He acted as a mentor and coach to the students throughout Help's project purpose. If you miss any part of this conversation, I really think you should check it out on podcast. Uh, it'll be available on our website, that's bfm.my or the BFM app, whichever is your preference. We are also on all the major podcast platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever else you use. Just look up Enterprise BizBytes. Uh, looking ahead after the 1pm news bulletin, we've got a sizzling breakfast grill for you this morning. Uh, the Chief Minister, or should I say the caretaker Chief Minister of Slango was in the house. Uh, Dr. Sri Amiruddin Shari was on the grill this morning. Uh, we've got the state elections coming up in about a month's time. Six states will be going to the poll to pick their state governments. We will be discussing with Datuk Sri Amiruddin Shari, the caretaker minister, about whether the protest vote could threaten Pakatan Harapan's chances of retaining Selangor, uh, the quality of life in the state and his vision moving forward. I'm Rishan Kainasan. This has been Enterprise BizBytes. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.